Welcome into the harvest. This podcast is dedicated to helping you be a disciple and make disciples in the 21st century. My name is Andrew Stroud and I'm project lead and I'm joined today by a good friend, a special guest, John Snyder. And we are going to talk about what it means to be a person who is approved in God's sight because you are a man or a woman who knows how to handle accurately the word of truth. So, John, I know that this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart. Thanks for coming on and talking with us about it today. Yeah, it's great being with you all. Um, Really enjoyed just the last couple of weeks with Brad and um, just some of the guests you've had on. It's been an awesome season of Into the Harvest. Um, Obviously, lots of transition. Thanks. So thankful for Abigail and the team. And it's been cool just just to see what God's doing through you all and kind of the reset. So it's a great honor to be with you all. I consume Into the Harvest as much as I can and just uh, glad to be a contributor. Well, I know you're in the harvest and that's really what we're wanting to do with these shows and these interviews is to talk with people who are knowledgeable, not just because they have information, but because they have experience and they have current experience. You know, you and your wife, Jess, and your family, you've been in the harvest. You've been actively making disciples for a few decades now, and uh, you've been walking with Jesus uh, for over 20 years Um, maybe we can just start with a little bit of your background. Of course, for me, um, you're my best friend. We've known each other since what, 2000 or was it 99? Yeah. 99. Yeah. 1999, which is probably longer than some of our listeners have been on the earth. So we go way back and you've been a huge encouragement to me. Um, Jess is Cindy, my wife's best friend. So you guys are very special to us. But uh, for those of us, uh, for those of our audience who are listening, who might not know you guys, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're at, and what life looks like for you right now. Yeah, so my wife, Jessica, and I and our five kids, so you can try and remember them, but we won't be offended if you don't. Jonathan, Jaron, Jonas, Judah, and Juliet, so 17, all the way down to 10. In just a couple days, we wake up every morning right now to Juliet saying, two more days until my birthday, one more day until my birthday. So she'll be 10 here pretty soon, which is crazy. That um, is crazy. Pretty wild. But yeah, we're at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Um, Andrew and Cindy were a big part of us uh, actually dating and, and kind of getting connected through some folks in our Bible study. Um, it's It's been a blessing to be here at Bragg. And really our, our hope, our prayer, our desire is that we would uh, just find and mobilize the next generation of, of believers that would take the message of the gospel everywhere they go. And we've kind of had all kinds of different roles. We work for a ministry organization called the Navigators, where we've kind of just been local um, contributors and leaders locally, but then also different organizational roles within the Navigators. But our heart has never changed. And even at whatever level that is, we've tried to stay involved at the, in the harvest, uh, walking the streets, our den street, sharing the gospel. It's one of the just big streets where there's just soldiers everywhere. Um, on the army base, on the army post here closely, just to share the gospel and help people find Jesus, walk with him for a lifetime, and how much the scriptures play a big part of that. So it really has. This is this topic mm-hmm. is a passion of ours. Um, and I don't, I think I've told you this, Andrew. So this might be a little freebie for the listeners. One of the major reasons why I felt like I got out of the army at Fort Campbell and wanted to move to Fort Bragg to be with you and Andy, to be with you, Andrew and Cindy, was I'd never seen anybody study the Bible like you. And I knew I wasn't studying the Bible like that. <laughs> um, that yeah. man, we just read the exact same passage. How did he get that thought? I'm getting nothing. <laughs> right. So I, 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 that was one of the major reasons why I wanted to move to Fort Bragg was to learn the scriptures and learn how to study the scriptures with you. Yeah. Well, that's definitely, I think, a prerequisite for both being a disciple and for making disciples. You know, like to be a disciple, we have to be willing to be a student. We have to be willing to sit at the feet of Jesus, listen to his words, learn his teachings. And then, of course, to make disciples, Jesus said that a huge part of that is to teach them to obey everything that he's commanded. So we again, um, the, the scriptures are are going to be one of the main sources for us to go and learn who Jesus is, what he taught, and you know what his plan and purpose is for our lives. I think of that verse in Hebrews 13, where it says, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. So, you know, our spiritual leaders, those who disciple us or mentor us or teach us should be those who are really modeling in those two ways. First of all, they're, they're speaking the word of God to us. There's, there's really no 
there's no way around that, that, that we need to be speaking the word of God to others. And those who are discipling us, we need to be getting from them the teachings of the scriptures, the teachings of Jesus. And then of course their conduct, you know, considering the, the result of their way of life or their conduct imitate their faith. So today we're going to especially focus on that first part, um, being men and women who are immersed in the scriptures. I do think it's, it's only gotten more of a, in terms of, uh, the state of Christianity in the West and the straight, the state of believers in the West in terms of their their biblical literacy. Um, and by that, I don't, I don't just mean that they know how to read, but, uh, that, that they know how to rightly divide the scriptures, what we're going to talk about today. So I think it's only gotten worse in the 20 years since you and I have known each other. Of course, you know, since then, you know, John, you and I met before smartphones, um, we met really before the, ad, uh, the advent of the internet, the internet, the internet was around, but it was not it wasn't in our pocket. It wasn't something that we were constantly distracted by. And so uh, there are some challenges that I think we have as believers today. And certainly that young believers have today. Um, I heard a, um, I heard a uh, conversation recently where they were talking about digital natives uh, and digital immigrants, I think is the way they phrased it. And you and I would be digital immigrants. You know, we, we remember a world pre-internet, you know, pre-smartphones. Uh, and then we've adapted and we've, we've immigrated to the new world, which is a, a world of the information age um, and social media. Um, but for young disciples, many of those who are going to be listening to this, they've never known a world that was not filled with these constant distractions. And I, I think it's actually something that is, um, it's one of the challenges, you know, um, that mm -hmm. erodes sure. our ability to just spend time and to, to reflect on the scriptures that those things are becoming, um, lost capacities in, in today's disciples. Man, it's so true. One of my favorite quotes, I think I've shared it with you before, Andrew, but for the listeners, it's um, the time most often lost is the time spent thinking. Mm. And that's almost always true with scriptures. So if you just think about the parable of the, of the of the soils, the parable of the sower, you know, that the seed is scattered and immediately it is taken away. We know that the seed represents the word and Satan snatches the word. It's the word, even if the word gets out there, it's immediately snatched away. You're distracted and there's no chance for that seed to take root, for the word to take root in your life. Um, and how much harder it is now you know, than it was right. for us when it was normal to sit and read a book and maybe even go to a coffee shop and read a book and not play on your phone. You know, like that was a thing. Oh, yeah. uh, believe it or not. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. So we're going to, we're going to start with this passage, um, out of second Timothy chapter two, verse 15. And John, I didn't tell you I was going to do that, do this, but maybe oh, I can put you on the spot <laughs> and, uh, you know, do you, I don't have it pulled up. I, I can also quote it, but yeah. I know, you know, it. so second Timothy two fifteen. I don't know which translation you memorized it in, but yeah. you know, it tells us even then way back 2000 years ago, uh, Paul had to tell someone like Timothy to be diligent. So this, you know, yeah. yes, we have some, some unique modern challenges. One of our themes is, is helping people live the ancient faith in modern times. There are some modern challenges to, to being a man or a woman of the scriptures, but it's always required diligence. It's never been something that just happened easily or casually. So why don't you quote for us 2 Timothy 2.15, and then we'll just have a discussion about how to become those kinds of people. Yeah. So do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be shamed who rightly handles the word of truth or rightly handling the word of truth. Right. Um, so that's an ESV ish. Yeah. Uh, I think that's close to word. Perfect. I don't know if it was word. Perfect. The, yeah. yeah. Navigators yeah. out there are like, come on guy, you gotta be word. Perfect. If you're in <laughs> yeah. There are a few, there are a few verses and texts that I really like the King James in, and this is one of them towards the yeah. end of the verse. It talks about rightly dividing the word of God, but I happen to memorize it in the new American standard and it talks about handling accurately the word of God, but maybe we can just start by talking about what does it take to, to become that kind of person? And, and also why is it important? Why is it important to build our lives on the word of God? So again, this is, um, this is an admonition that Paul and older 
aged believer is is giving to Timothy, a younger believer, and also someone who is already um, making disciples, leading within the church. And so he tells him, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed. So maybe we can just start with that. Um, and we've already talked a little bit about diligence, but what, what role have you found in your own life and in your own discipling um, that diligence plays in, in becoming someone who's approved by God, a worker approved by God? Yeah, so that word diligence or do your best, is it KJV? Does it actually say study? Which version says study? Study. To, to study show to thyself approved. To right? shoe thyself. I yeah, to shoe thyself. Well, you said it right. No, I was just trying to translate automatically. Right. For the, <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this, you know, there, it's really interesting. There, there is just this mm. picture of effort, you know, um, and th- behind that backdrop is this just understanding that I just don't think the way that God thinks. So this isn't something that can passively happen, you know, so the Isaiah 55 passage that talks about my ways are not your ways. So as as high as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That has to be this backdrop of understanding if I'm going to show myself approved, if I'm going to be diligent to be someone who handles the word of truth is there's a backdrop of knowing that I don't have God's truths, that I don't think the way that God does. And if that is true, if I agree in that fact, then I'll have to get the mind of Christ. And what he's given us is the scriptures to help us do exactly that. So there's this backdrop back there, which is, um, man, left to my own devices. I think the way I think I want what I want, and it doesn't matter what anybody tells me. So to study or to be diligent or to to take effort or put effort into this is that's the kind of the starting point, right? (laughs) I'm admitting I don't have what it takes and I don't know what I need to know. Right. Right. No, I think you're right. And it's interesting that you, that you talk about the starting point I, I was reading. I mean, I'm just starting the book of Proverbs in my, my daily readings. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs 1, 7 says that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so mm-hmm. I thought it's kind yeah, of, it's- I had made this connection before, but um the beginning of wisdom, of course, is the fear of the Lord, but but that's actually contrasted with someone who is despising instruction and guidance. And so the, you would think the fear of the Lord has some something to do with an emotion or a feeling of, of perhaps reverence. And I do think it is that. Um, but in this verse, it's actually the opposite of that is someone who despises or thinks little of guidance and instruction. So I think it goes back to your point that, um, that we're, we're not going to get there unless we start from the place of, you know, God's ways are not my ways. God's thoughts are not my thoughts. And I'm never going to get to thinking the way God thinks, um, without direct input from him. I'm not going to figure this out on my own. Yeah, so true. And I, I do feel like the, the nature of the word of God is important here, you know, so understanding the word and um, we, we have a common great grandfather, depending on what level we think about our own spiritual <laughs> generations in terms of who invested in us. And right. He just, he was a very, very simple man that loved Jesus and believed the scriptures and just taught people to walk with the Lord and give their life away. <laughs> and he just had this quote, if, if you can agree on the Bible, that the, the Bible is worth, it has value and it's your authority, then we can go somewhere. We can grow. We can mature. If you cannot mm-hmm. agree on that, then we can go nowhere. There's, there's actually no way to grow and mature in your walk with Jesus. And I can't help you because the only thing I can give you is the scriptures um, right. and to help point you to Jesus. So this this really is the starting point. Um, I think there's three kind of we'll geek out just for a real quick second. Yeah. I think there's three words that can be helpful um, that the Bible is self-attesting. So it's kind of a weird way just to say the Bible proves itself. Um, Hmm. It, you know, so when the Bible says it's authority, it says it because it is its authority, but okay, well, that's kind of like a cheat code, right? You know, like what, how can you say I'm the truth and be the truth? You know, Um, Hmm. the problem is, is there's no other higher authority to go to. So it's not like you can upgrade from the word of God who trumps God when he says, Hmm. this is truth. So the Bible right. is self-attesting because there's no greater authority to appeal to, to say, hey, this is for real, the truth, right? 
So that's the first thing. Second thing is that the Bible is infallible, that um, it cannot err, right? So I could actually do really, really good on a test and maybe get 100. And I didn't make an error on that test. That would be inerrant. But infallible means I could never make a mistake. And that's never mm. true of us, right? But the Bible is infallible. It, it can never make an error, mm. right? Because it's spoken directly out of the mouth of God. And this idea of inerrant means it doesn't error. It doesn't make mistakes. You know, if you dive in there like, well, how come this version says 100,000 men went, you know, and there's a little discrepancy over here. We're talking about kind of like maybe copying errors from the Bible, but Mm. its message does not err. From Genesis Mm. to Revelation, the message is crystal clear about the hero of the Bible, Jesus, right? So kind of those being the backdrop for which you enter into the Bible, I think actually ushers you into this posture of I need to be diligent, because it's self-attesting, it's an error, and it's infallible. Cannot make a mistake. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know what you think about that one, but no, I like it. I like it. And I, I think that's that's kind of where we wanted to start. You know, why is it important? And so I would kind of summarize those things as saying that it's re- it's it's a reliable source for us to build our lives on. It's a reliable source for us to gain discernment about life, the world around us, what's inside of us, God himself. I mean, it's a, it's a treasure trove. And the Bible often describes yeah. itself as, as being worth more than gold or silver um, and that we should cherish it at that level. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons. Um, you know, you, you referenced a passage earlier out of Isaiah 55 with God's ways are not uh, my ways, God's thoughts are not my thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Then it goes on to start talking about rain and snow. And I, I think maybe yeah. this gets into a, a, another reason to build our lives on the scriptures. Right after saying that, that God's, God's, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways and God's thoughts than our thoughts. It goes on. Now, so if, if that was all we knew, that would actually be discouraging because... Mm-hmm. If we put, if we stop right there, then we're left with the conclusion that, well, then I can never know God because, you know, his, for, for most of our um, history, the heavens have been beyond us. We, we can't reach the heavens. And even now the heavens are beyond us and we've made it to the moon. It's a pretty right. small step in the, the vastness of the heavens. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't stop there. You know, God, he, he goes on to say, and of course this, this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He goes on to say, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. So, so God is basically saying, hey, because my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, I have to deliver my words to you. And, and it's just like the rain or the snow that's going to come down from heaven and it's going to water the earth. You know, the earth can't survive without that, um, that sustenance that's coming. So another reason why we, we want to become people of the scriptures is because it, it really is um, a source of life for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, we, I, we should probably give them that passage, right? Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 there. So if you wanted to yeah. check it out. You, we're going to challenge you right now. Be diligent to show yourself approved. You know, make sure we're rightly dividing the word of the truth as we're talking about rightly dividing truth. But I, I love that. There's this mm. full, it's just full of this promise. It will, it does not return void. It will right. accomplish for what I've sent. You know, so it, you have this in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. You know, Jesus comes down. This flat, he, he, his, he makes his dwelling amongst us full of grace and truth. That whole John chapter one passage, all the way one through 14 is mm. how there's this kind of real kind of convoluted mess of the Trinity with God, the father and the son, the Holy spirit. And, and then the word is in there. And, you know, mm. we've heard this joke. I don't know if you've heard this joke or not, but uh, certain people believe in the three, the Trinity is God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy scriptures. You know, so, Sometimes mm. that can be a fair critique if you kind of track down this and you leave the Holy Spirit out of the thing. Right, right. Um, but but just the word is right sandwiched in the middle of that. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. So if you want to know Jesus, mm. the word is a big part of that. And it doesn't return empty. Um, so that's his promise as you read it. God is doing a work in you. 
as you're studying it, God is doing and accomplishing the work that he wants to accomplish, which is, man, what an awesome promise. Yeah. So I think, um, I think again, the passage you're just talking about there in John, we see these, these, this duality, right? Because in John one, we see God, um, revealing himself through the word, Jesus himself, his son, and he sends Jesus into the world to, to live among us, to reveal himself to us. But at the same time, you see there in John one, that most people don't receive it. <laughs> so it's there, it's, it's accessible, it's, it's in their face, and yet it ultimately does not benefit them because they don't receive the word, Jesus himself. And I think in the same way, you, you see this throughout scriptures where if, if we're going to be people of faith, if we're gonna be people who uh, are approved by God, rightly dividing the word of truth, then God has to do his part, which is reveal himself. Um, and we have to do our part, which is to, to seek, to receive, to, to listen to that instruction like we were talking about in Proverbs 1.7. So I want to talk a little bit about that because here's the good part. God has done his part. So he has yeah. revealed himself faithfully throughout time. And, you know, one of the, the main places that we can go to, to get that revelation is the scriptures. You know, God has revealed himself. That's, that's one of the best ways to think about the Bible is the revelation of God. Uh, God has revealed himself through his spirit, through his prophets and through his son, Jesus. And, and all of that is recorded for us in, in the book, in the Bible. Um, and then we need to do our part. So we, we need to respond to it. So um, I wanted to talk about motivations because I think that's important. Like why, why would someone be diligent? Because it's going to require that. This, you're not going to become someone who is a worker approved by God. You're not going to become someone who is rightly dividing the scriptures without that diligence. But you need to have reasons for doing that if it's gonna if it's gonna carry you through, carry you forward. But I also want to have a conversation about uh, mechanisms. So I want to talk about motivations, but also mechanisms. So how how do we go about becoming a person who goes deep in the scriptures ourselves? And I, I'm hoping that you'll share from your own experience and both personally, yeah. but but also what you've seen work for other people. And then we'll talk about how to help others. So motivations for becoming a person of the word and then mechanisms, you know, how, how do you go about if, if someone's at square one and they're ready, they're eager, they, they want to be diligent. Um, what are some starting points that, that you would recommend? Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. So I've, you know, motivations are tough. Like, so just throw the disclaimer out there and then we'll dive in on it that, you know, you dig far enough, you're going to come up with a pretty poor motive at the bottom of me, you mm -hmm. know, so mm -hmm. I, I might have some pure motives, but there's not a whole lot of them. Right. God's still trying to turn up the fire and give some pure ones. Right. But, so, but I do think why we get involved in it matters. And, and to be perfectly honest, I think the why, what, what motivates me to do it is, is that um, really you and others like you convinced me that God wanted to use my life. Mm. Um, like you're saying, so having the confidence to be a disciple and make disciples, what mm. this ministry is all about is God wants to use you. And then that should be probably a little bit sobering. He wants to use yeah. me like, I don't think I'm even usable. Like, what could I give away? <laughs> what do I have? And, and, you know, it didn't take but two or three times for me to walk through the barracks or walk over to the to the to the mall where they like have food course to, to watch you use the Bible as you talk with soldiers. You know, when I'm 21 years old and I'm watching you share the scriptures with other people, I thought, wow, th this is how God is using Andrew. Mm. Andrew knows the word. And it, it always felt like there was no one can answer you, could ask you a question you didn't know the answer to. You're like, wow, holy cow. And it was always <laughs> that was your was impression. Verse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you're nervous. I don't, it never felt like you were. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but the reality was there, it was always back to the scriptures and really the scriptures spoke for themselves. So the, the motive at the beginning for me was, man, I really think God wants to use my life and I want to mm -hmm. be used of God. And, you know, I know I'll be most fulfilled when I do the thing for which I was created, which was to honor and glorify the Lord. Right. But boy, was I clueless on how that worked. How could I ever share my faith or share who God is 
And then I just watched a whole gang of you all, 40 or 50 people in a room, every single person reading their Bible had verses memorized constantly in the scriptures. And then when we went out in public and we talked with whether it was waiters or waitresses or soldiers, wherever they were, it was, Hey, what do you think about this Bible verse? Or what about this concept about God? Or mm. people ask you questions. There was always this readily available verse to say, Hey, this is a truth of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So the, the confidence of a disciple maker comes from the Holy spirit of the scriptures. Right. You know, you're just going to run out of like pithy sayings and kind of cool ways to say things, but the right. Bible never runs out. Right. So that motivation started for me with, wow, God wants to use my life. First step in that is I got to get to know God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, mo- mo- motives can get a little tricky and and none of us have 100% pure motives. But And, and you can have multiple motives, which I think is actually not yeah. only normal, but it's advisable. So there yeah. are there are times where I am not motivated to spend time in scriptures. And, and it's, it's times like that where I, I need to be motivated, even if it's from maybe a negative direction, you know, like when when Peter told Jesus, where else shall we go? You have words of eternal life. It, it was not, um, it doesn't come across as a high motivation moment on <laughs> Peter's part, but it's like, well, yeah. hey, what else is there? So I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna stay with Jesus. I'm gonna stick close. I'm gonna continue to listen. Even when I'm I'm hearing him give teachings that don't make sense to me, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna stick it out. And I, I so I think multiple motivations is good, um, but, you know, yes, God wants to use our lives. I would maybe even expand that a little bit to say, you know, you're going to find your purpose in life when it comes into alignment with, with God's purpose. So God is Amen. doing something on the earth today, and it's all revol- revolving around his son, Jesus. Uh, Jesus is active on the earth today. He's building his church. Um, he's still calling men and women to, to follow him. Um, and and become his disciples. And so when you and I discover that God wants, you know, Jesus wants us to join him in this work that he's doing, you're right. It is, it is a, uh, it's a very life giving thing. <laughs> and I think it's what's designed to be because we're actually, yep. we're actually the branches getting tied into the vine We're we're learning how to walk with Jesus as we go through life. And, you know, a, a big part of that is learning to, to listen and sit at his feet. And a big part of that is opening the scriptures, you know, putting ourselves, you and I have talked about this before that for the first disciples, when Jesus said, follow me, it had a very immediate, um, obvious sense that they were to stop what they were doing. Again, I actually just read this this morning too, uh, because I just started Mm -hmm. the gospel of uh, of Mark and Jesus calls four fishermen. And, you know, I circled in my Bible that they had to leave the thing that they were doing because it was, in their case, it was a physical necessity that if they were going to follow Jesus, they were going to have to physically put themselves in his presence. And in a way, I've always thought that that was encouraging because you and I have a very similar challenge that, that as long as we're not physically willing to, to open this book, this is a physical act and, and begin to read and begin to put ourselves where we can hear God speak how are you going to follow? Like, how, how are you going to answer that first call of Jesus, Amen. which is to follow him? Yeah, it's really good. It, it, you know, it seems like it started little by little. I just thinking it back for, for our, you know, in this instance, I'd grown up going to church. I, I describe it as kind of like a mandatory formation home, you know, like when the church door is open, we were there. I literally was at the church all of the time. Both of my parents loved the Lord. Um, my dad, my, my, most common memory of my dad was every morning, the Bible, prayer, mm. coffee, and peanut butter toast. Every morning I got out of bed to go to school, my dad was already up. He was already reading the Bible, coffee, and peanut butter toast every morning. This is not an exaggeration. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and so they, he really modeled that for me. You know, what, I was so dumb, I never did it. You know, like, hey, dad, can I join you in the morning? Like, this is the, like mm. I'm thinking now, like, what am I doing? You know, I had this opportunity <laughs> to be with my dad in the morning and spend time with scriptures, but... It's really interesting. What I noticed first when I met when I met you, Andrew, was hey, come to this Bible study and do your Bible study. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, it, it wasn't even um, it wasn't even like hey, we're gonna give you this deep dive in the Bible in every single way, and you're gonna 
do this, 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 and this, and this. It wasn't this gigantic list. It was, hey, we want to mm-hmm. put this Bible study in your hand. And mm-hmm. we really want to challenge you to do this Bible study. And then we'll talk about what God taught you when you come back next week. So there's a couple of weeks of that, you know, so right. most people walk away and they put the Bible study away and they never look at it. And they come, if they come back the next week, they're like, oh yeah, there was this Bible study I was supposed to do. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. but once, you know, there was a habit established of doing something once a week with the Bible, then it was, Hey, can I just share with you something that I do every day to mm. spend time with God in the scriptures? And the kind of the real next step was, well, once a week to once every day. Right. And it was, you know, well, how about as a part of that Bible study, you would memorize a verse that goes along with that topic to help you remember that if you were ever to teach it to somebody else down the road. Right. It became pretty quick, like, oh, man, all these Bible verses that (laughs) that they're giving me in these Bible studies, that's all the verses that Andrew's talking about when we're out in public. Like, oh, that's why I feel like he knows every (laughs) Bible verse in the Bible. That's right. Yeah. You did know a whole bunch. But anyway, I just I think there was this little by little by little. Um, and every single time we were together, it was, what is God, what has God taught you out of the word? It was just so inspiring to know that I could g- have things going on in my life and go to the scriptures and God would answer and say a specific thing directly from the scriptures, hmm. you know, and, and there was this old timer, um, and he, he would share testimonies about what God was doing. And he would always kind of have this, he had this phrase, he, would, he said, uh, what an amazing coincidence. <laughs> no, what an amazing God. Do you remember this? Yeah. Was, yeah. And it was just, uh, yeah, this happened to me um, Friday night. I was hanging out with a guy and we're talking about kind of life issues and what's going next and how do we make decisions. And hmm. he talked about Psalm 90 at the very end of Psalm 90, two verses. The yep. very next day in my quiet time is hmm. Psalm 90. Hmm. What an amazing coincidence. Right. What an amazing God. So I just think when we're talking about those starting points, it's being around people who will help you take baby steps to making the Bible a very normal part of your life. Right. Um, Or eventually you wouldn't dream about making a decision without saying, where's the Bible talk about that? Or what is God saying saying to Mm. me out of the word? And for me, it started with Bible study which was once a week, then it moved to, I'm going to do scripture memory, maybe add a Bible verse. Then it was, Hey, this is something I do every day to meet with God in a quiet time. Mm-hmm. I'm spending time. And I don't know if you remember this, it was this little yeah. pamphlet that we use seven minutes with God. Yep. Like, Oh man, I can do seven minutes. I can do seven minutes right. with God. Why can I do seven minutes? You know, <laughs> it was very, very like a, a normal part. And now, only getting seven minutes to be like, oh man, I just was totally cheated hmm. in my time with God. But it was, it was very gradual. It was very helpful. And it just became a normal part of life. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, I'm discerning just some things that I, I want to spotlight for folks who are listening or watching. So the first one that I'm taking away just from this conversation and, and some of what you've already shared is, is to find people who are already rightly dividing the scriptures or who at least are seeking, they're, they're being diligent to become those kinds of people. And, and if you're exposed to someone like that, that's a person that you should be committing yourself to, to be around, get to know, become friends with, become running partners with in the faith. Because you're right, you know, all of us are greatly influenced by the people that are around us. And uh, I've seen that in my own life when I've when I've gone to a new location where we're just getting established and we're we're meeting new people. Oftentimes, my my time and consistency in the scriptures will suffer, and I think it, in a large part it's because of that. That that no matter how far along you are in your faith, we all need you know that that community and not just other believers, but other believers who are being diligent to present themselves approved. Yeah. To God, so you know, find people who have that commitment, and then really commit yourself to them. And then, um, secondly, you know, take take those baby steps that all of us have to learn the mechanisms of of um, learning how to spend time with with Jesus. So it's you know, it would be one thing to spend time with Peter and Andrew and James and John and hear them talk about their what they were learning from Jesus and. You know how exciting that would be, but 
if they were saying like, Hey, why don't you come with us? Why don't, why don't you come and you can spend time with Jesus yourself. You can learn from him yourself. Like, I mean, what, uh, how crazy would it be <laughs> to not do that? To just be like, no, no, I'm fine with just learn listening to you guys and hearing what you've been learning from Jesus. And, and yet so many times as believers, um, even if we start that way, which is okay, it's okay to start that way where you're, maybe you're around people who are excited about their faith and they're learning from the scriptures, but ultimately we want to become those people who are um, spending time with Jesus and, and learning how to, to get into the scriptures for ourselves. Yeah, it's really good. I, I think the very first verse that we memorized, of course, you'd already had it memorized, but that you challenged me to memorize after we'd met was Psalm 119.18, which is putting myself at the feet of Jesus to listen. It's just open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. And it was just asking the Lord to speak mm. when I spend time in the scriptures, right? Um, right. So I think it's actually one of those great starting points is, is that being convinced that I can go to the scriptures and hear from Jesus, mm. that he would open my eyes, that that has to be a starting point of a thought process in your mind that God desires to speak to me. And he's yes. written some things down for me right at the feet of Jesus to hear from him. Open my eyes. That I may see the wonderful things in your law. That's, that's a really good point. I, I think it kind of goes back to one of your first statements, which is, you know, you were, you were referencing, um, Jim Webster and how he used to say, like, if, if you and I can't agree that the scripture is, an, is, is a higher authority. It's not just you and I discussing our opinions, but once we both go to the scriptures, okay, that trumps everything. That, that trumps both of our opinions. But if, if I view it that way and you don't, then it's going to be hard for us because yeah. now you're basically putting your opinion on the same level, not just as mine, but of the scriptures themselves, which is, of course, for us, that's, that's not how the scriptures work. That's not how life works. So having that yeah. basic commitment that hey, God has spoken through the prophets and through the apostles, and that's where we get this book. You know, the prophets are where we get the Old Testament. The apostles are where we get the New Testament. But ultimately, it comes from God because God was the one communicating through those people to, to give us the scriptures we have today. So that's a basic, that's just a baseline commitment that, that we believe that God has spoken through the prophets yeah. in the scriptures. But a second commitment that you're alluding to is we have this, this belief and this confidence that God will speak to me through the scriptures. And both of those are very important. If, if we're going to handle accurately the word of truth, we must acknowledge not only that it originated from God, but that it's got relevance and um, it's got immediate uh, communication from my life. And, and God, like you said, will often show up as we're reading the scriptures, um, but not always. And so like, if you're just getting started and you don't, you feel like you read, you read the chapter and you're like, I don't know yeah. if God said anything to me specifically, that's okay. Um, I suspect that as the, the disciples hung out with Jesus day in and day out for three years, there were probably some times where maybe there just wasn't What's something talking super, about. Yeah. Super <laughs> profound. Wasn't necessarily being uh, discussed. Yeah. I don't think it was nonstop. And uh, so our job is to show up. Our, our job is to show up and be ready to listen if, if the Lord wants to speak to us. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's, and it, it feels a little weird, right? It, you know, there's this like tension, like, do you worship the Bible? You know, like, no, I don't worship the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, but I recognize it as unlike any other book that's ever existed that is living and active, right? The Hebrews 4.12 verse that, we right. believe the word of God is living and active, sharper than, you know, any double-edged sword that penetrates yeah. the divide, joints and marrow, and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So it's not sitting down and like reading. I don't know. What, what do people like to read? Yeah. I guess they don't really read. They just scroll now. I don't know. But like, yeah. there's famous <laughs> books out there, I'm sure, like a murder mystery or something. It's not like reading something like that. Harry Potter is probably the, the most recent uh, book okay. that people were just all about, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's crazy. So it's unlike any any book, and it, it's not it's not like we're worshiping some idol, but instead it is a vehicle for God to to draw us to Himself right. in a very clear way. And it's unlike any other book you'll interact with. Um, 
And what else can judge the thoughts and attitudes of your heart as you read it? Like that, this right. somehow this verse goes yeah. directly into the core of who I am. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this before over the years, but so I, I had, um, sometimes people will do that. They'll pit the, the scriptures against God. In fact, I, I saw someone doing this on uh, Twitter. I, I shot a short video just responding to it, which maybe I'll, I'll link that in the, uh, the YouTube video here. But the, the person was basically, he was a believer or he is a believer. And he was making the case that, that we're people of the King. We're not people of the book. And I just think that's the wrong way to phrase it. Um, you know, because we're people of the King, we want to be people of the book. You know, going back to Second Timothy 2, because we want to be, um, to present ourselves approved before God, we're going to be diligent to learn how to rightly divide the scriptures, how to handle accurately the word of truth. These two should never be in conflict if, if we're thinking of them and approaching them the right way. So because I'm devoted to God, I want to listen to what he's already communicated um, in the centuries past. And, and I want to learn about what he's doing today. So I, I, think, um, I think it is important to, to approach it the right way. Um, and some of that gets into even the way we think and, and the way we speak. So, you know, when I try to, when I, when I spend time in the scriptures in the morning, um, I'm actually drawing near to God. And oftentimes that's how I'll start my time is that Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this, this moment in my day when I am able to draw near to you, um, and spend time in the scriptures and to li listen to what you've already revealed and learn from it. And I also get a chance to pray, but that's, what's happening. I'm drawing near to God. I'm not just reading my Bible. And that makes a huge difference in how you understand what's happening there. And like you said, it's, it's, um, it shows up in the prayers like Psalm 119, 18, um, where we ask God to, to make himself known to us. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it's important to, you know, parse that out, but I also think that it's going back to motives. It's just good to spend time around Jesus. You know, it's, it's good to sit at his feet and listen and learn, even if you don't have it all, you know, dialed in the right, in the right way. Yeah, it's really good. I, I think too, the, the very nature of the word and even this passage that we're looking at and trying to concentrate on the, the 215 be diligent to show yourself as a workman, right? Someone who actually does something with the word, right? So right. <laughs> who rightly handles it. Some people would even say that you could actually say who by their actions cuts a straight path with what the Bible says. That yeah. No one is confused by what the Bible says if they look at your life. Those mm. two things are the same. The Bible gives this command and you obey it. That correct that that cuts a straight path or rightly divides the word of truth mm. right so i love the word workman there because he says don't show yourself to be uh, be diligent to show yourself a teacher or be diligent to show yourself a like mm. um, a great thinker you know or right. what's the word there there's got to be like a theologian even yeah like yeah that's, that's what i was thinking <laughs> a great right. studier of the Bible, but instead show yourself to be a workman, right? So there's yeah. tons of scriptures that just point us to don't just hear the word, do it, do yeah. what it says, right? So Live it. the very, yeah, exactly. The very nature and, you know, the very nature of the scriptures are to draw us to this place where we're not becoming smarter, but instead we're being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ. Right. And that, that we would be different because of our interactions right. with God. So I, I love the phrase because I, I think that workman phrase is a good one. It's not, don't show yourself to be a teacher. Don't show yourself to be a theologian. Don't show yourself to be smarter, but instead show yourself mm. to be someone who lives your life in such a way. No one's confused. The Bible right. says this and you obey this. That's one right. and the same. Well, man, I feel like we could, um, we could go for a while here, but we'll probably oh, man, start yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wrapping things up. How about we do this over the next five, 10 minutes? Let's think about, let's think in terms of um, 101 and 201. So let's think about someone who's listening or, or watching this and they're at the very beginning and they want to become someone who is diligently um, seeking to present themselves approved by God. They, they want to begin. They've never read the Bible. Maybe they've read parts of it, but they've never read a full book even. So they're, they're basically brand new to the scriptures, but they want 
to become someone who knows the scriptures and lives the scriptures and knows how to share the scriptures with others. Where should someone like that, what would you say to someone like that in terms of here's how you can start here as we start the month of February, <laughs> here, here are yeah. some ideas for how you can begin to, uh, to be diligent and start becoming one of these people. Yeah, boy, this is a good question. We've, I think we've probably worked this, this question probably more than any question. Like, how do we help people get started? Yeah. Um, and we typically said, what would it look like to, to read a chapter of the gospel of Mark every day for the next 16 days? Right. Or for the next 40 days, what would it look like to start in Genesis and follow the trajectory of the Bible through a plan called the story? Yeah. Where you're at, just kind of getting the trajectory of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, from start to finish. There's one story, even though it feels like it's all over the place, there's really one story and one thread all the way through the Bible. So mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to start. Um, if you would like to start getting into the word, um, start by, I want to make a commitment. I want to, I'm going to do my best to spend the next 16 days where every day I read a chapter out of the gospel of Mark. It's just Jesus's life. Jesus went to this place. He did this thing. And, mm. and to be attentive, God, what are you saying here? What's this say about Jesus? Does it make me think about myself or about the people around me? Um, and kind of do that contemplatively and not like mm -hmm. in a strange you know, way, but instead of really slowing it down enough to think, okay, what's God really, what's really happening in the story rather than, well, I just checked the block and now I can move on with my day. Right. How do I really you know, think through? Um, so that, that'd be the first part. What is a simple way to just start reading something every day? Mm -hmm. um, I think the story is a great tool. And I think just this reading through the gospel of Mark is also would be a great tool just to get started. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we did not talk about this ahead of time, <laughs> but that's what I would say too. I would say, if you've never read a book of the Bible, start with the gospel of Mark. And of course yep. that's actually towards the end of the Bible. Like if you just had a Bible and you opened yeah. it up, Mark is well towards the second half. Most people will start in Genesis, but like John did, I would encourage you to start with the gospel of Mark. Like he said, it's 16 chapters. So if you read a chapter a day and you don't miss a day, then in a little over two weeks, you will have read your first book of the Bible and you'll have read um, the story of the main character, God's son, Jesus, yeah, Jesus. and uh, what, what he did on the earth, what he taught, um, what he's inviting you to become a part of. So I agree. I would start with the, the gospel of Mark. And I think the only thing I would add to that is again, going back to the fact that we're all very distracted. I would try to do it in the morning. Uh, so the, you know, the first mm -hmm. thing that you do, even before you start responding to texts or jump on Instagram or social media, you know, learn how to start with the scriptures for a few reasons. One is it's, it's going to greatly help you be consistent um, because you'll, you'll do it at the very beginning. Um, and then secondly, it's, it's going to help you get more out of it because your, your mind is not already in 10 different places and distracted, you know, so you could start and then 30 minutes into your day, sit down and, and go to read the scriptures. But by then no telling what's in your head. <laughs> and as you read yeah. the verses, it's sometimes very hard for your brain to even concentrate on, on what you're seeing there on the page. So, um, I would say, uh, start with that and, um, start in the morning. And try, you know, don't be afraid to have a pencil or a, a marker or a pen. And as you're reading chapter one, you know, try to um, highlight or circle something that you don't understand or, or something that just sort of jumps off the page. Um, and then spend some extra time thinking about that. And then if you've got a friend or someone that you can talk to, just talk to them about that particular part of the chapter. You don't have to talk about the whole chapter. But these are like little ways, what you're doing is you're actually learning how to listen to the scriptures and you're also learning how to share the scriptures. And it's fine to be very um, awkward about that in the, uh, in, the early, in the early days, that's, that's actually normal. Um, but there's no way to kind of get beyond that awkwardness without just spending time and having reps, you know, listening, reading, sharing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think too that I I can't just say we can't say strongly enough that God desires to make Himself known. He He wants to be with you in that moment, and to believe that 
mm-hmm. as you sit down and to read it and to study and to think through it. We could give you a quazillion tools and overwhelm you in this podcast, go for four hours. <laughs> right, right. But we're not going to do that. Just we, God would love to show himself to you. Uh, yeah. And, you know, even if you keep a notepad next to you, just quick, I have this chore I need to do, or I don't want to forget this thing. Just yes. write it down so you can move on and come back to the Bible. Don't let mm. these things continue to distract you. Just, oh, I got to do that. You can put it on your checklist and then put it over there and keep reading right. scriptures. And I, I silence my phone. Um, I actually put my AirPods in with like my closed off mode. Mm. Um, so even if the dogs are barking, I don't know. You know, It's me and Jesus and the scriptures and, and trying to concentrate. So I actually listen to it in my headphones and read it and follow along in my Bible. Mm. And all of those things just help me zone in and really concentrate on the Bible in a pretty distracted world, right? So, Well, I would love to hear if someone's maybe hearing this for the first time, I would love to hear from you that you're planning to get started on that. So, you know, leave a comment or message us um, on social media. Let us know. And and certainly if you finish it, if you're two weeks from now, if you finish up the Gospel of Mark, that'd be really cool to hear that, uh, that you were able to do that. But let's, uh, let's kind of move to the 201 because a lot of the people who are listening to us right now they're on board and maybe they're 10 years, 15 years into reading the, reading the Bible. Maybe they've read the Bible multiple times. They've studied it in depth. Um, you know, second Timothy two fifteen is, is still for us as well. Like we still are called to be diligent. So what, what, if anything, would you share John with someone who's, who spent time in the scriptures in the past? Um, and yet they still want to, to be consistent. You know, there are some unique challenges that come with time. You know, there's some challenges at getting started. There's some challenges at continuing uh, to be diligent. So anything you would want to share from your own life or experiences, uh, wisdom to, to continue to do that? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Well, I, I do think there is kind of a moment where you've got to be creative to, to keep it fresh, you know, so maybe of you know, we've just made a commitment that we're going to read through the Bible once a year, every year, you know, so I started that in 99 and I don't do mm-hmm. math in public, but some 20, some 20, some years later, been right. through the Bible, maybe 20. So or you know, 20 or so times, but those weren't always like, Oh, I can't wait you know, to meet with Jesus mm-hmm. in the morning. It was okay. Right. What ways can I engage with the Lord in the scriptures of this year in a way that I never have before? Um, and so each year being kind of taking a fresh approach to the scriptures, you know, so I don't know, maybe you read it in order and you get into the back end and you just kind of cram through the minor prophets. So one year I was like, you know what, I need to start there. I really need to mm. dive in and not just rush through the yeah. minor prophets or, you know, I, I've read the Bible a number of times, but what is the actual, like, what's the timeline? How can I read it actually in order? So when you read the Bible yeah. and you start in Genesis and you go to the end, it's actually not in order, right? So how do I right. put it in? in chronological order that was just something new that we tried one year you you've done and i've done um i use different versions every year i try to get a new bible every year that way i'm not drawn to the same notes i've always had Mm. Um, these are probably a lot of the things that you've heard a lot of folks say but um but i will say that i do think when it comes to depth and continuing to show yourself as someone to prove there's really two dangers Mm. Um, two guardrails I'd, I'd love for you to, to just stay away from is that when you're thinking about the scriptures and you're trying to go deep and really, really rightly handle it, rightly divide it, um, you can do that in an echo chamber or you can do that in a vacuum. Um, one of the beautiful mm. things that always keeps my, you know, me in kind of rightly dividing the word of truth is when I'm in the scriptures and I'm around other believers and we're talking about what we're getting out of the scriptures and there's different perspectives about that passage. What it helps me do is rightly divide the word of truth. Other believers talking about what God's teaching them in the scriptures. So we've had a Bible study um, here at Fort Bragg since about, I don't know, maybe 2002. And every Sunday, it's we're doing a deep dive into the scriptures. And we're all talking about the same topic. But, well, what about this passage? Or this cross-reference may help us see it differently. Or let's take a look at this word. Right. And so being able to do that with people whom you know will push back and help you continue to rightly divide the word of truth is, is pretty big. So we tend to kind of just silo ourselves off into kind of like in a little echo chamber. Everybody believes and thinks the exact same way about the Bible as I do. And that kind of ends this group think, or we do that in a vacuum. Right. Well, it's me and Jesus and I'm all by myself. 
and I just think what I think and it, you know, sometimes it doesn't even get out of my mind. Right. So um, I, I would just challenge you that if you want to go deep and you want to continue to go deep, your greatest ally in that is other believers who want to continue to do that. And yeah. zoom like this is a beautiful way, regardless of whether you're beside a dynamic ministry or not, or people who study the scriptures like that. You right. can jump in with folks. You've done that before in the past. So that's cool. Yeah, it's such a great word. We 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 kind of came full circle. You know, we we said that uh, you know having a tribe that is um, yeah. that is going to push you is 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 important <laughs> to get started. But I think you're right. It's absolutely something that will help you. But it needs to be a tribe that that is wanting to learn. So I I, I love the idea of the guardrails there. I do think that um, something that will will very quickly erode your consistency in the scriptures. You know, I've seen this in my own life is if you're not learning something new. So something I learned from Cecil, um, the man who discipled me was, you know, each year when he, when he read the Bible uh, for his next time, cause he, he tried to read it every year as well. He would read not only a different version, but a new copy. Like he'd buy a new Bible. There's nothing underlined, there's nothing marked. And uh, I asked him once why he did that. And he said, well, um, I found that if I was reading a Bible that I had already read and I had already marked, I would, I would find myself looking at the things that I had already marked and I'd be like, yeah, that was a great thought. That, that is so true. And it was, it was a great thought for him last year. <laughs> and maybe yeah. God would have given him the same thing to, to highlight and underline uh, this time through, but oftentimes it'll be something new. It'll be something different in that chapter or that passage that, that didn't stand out to you. So, you know, making a, a, a purposeful choice to, to understand that you don't have the Bible all figured out. Um, that echo chamber that you were talking about. Sometimes we can have that echo chamber with ourselves that we we can just mm -hmm. assume that, yeah. man, I've read Got this it. chapter so yep. many times, I know what it's gonna say. And so, you know, like you said, we always need to be praying, you know, speak Lord for your servant is listening. There's a great verse out of Romans 11, I believe it's verse 33. It says, oh, the depth of the wisdom, um, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. And so even though this book is, um, it's finite, you know, there's only so many chapters, there's only so many words, only so many letters in the text. Um, the wisdom and the knowledge of God that are in those words are unsearchable and unfathomable. There's no, there's no bottom. So, you know, we need to believe that, that um, I'm going to read this passage that I've read before, but there's something in there for me to learn. And therefore, I'm going to pray and trust God. And uh, I'm going to try to come at it with fresh eyes and a desire to, to learn something new and not just reinforce, you know, beliefs and convictions that I already have, but listen and learn anew. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And that that is true. You, I think you'll find as you read through from year to year. Oh, yep. I did memorize that last year. Or maybe you remember, but <laughs> right. Whoa. How, how could I not have noticed that yeah. verse? Right. It just like jumps off the page at you. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost like addict addictive, you know, like, man, what, what might God tell me tomorrow? What, what right. new insights might I have into who God is? Yeah. Um, because it is living and active, because the Holy Spirit comes alongside it, because the circumstances right. of your life are different, God's truth comes anew. You know, great are His mercies; they are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness. You know this, right. this newness of God every single time you interact with Him, which is pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, and sometimes you know, for me, it, it's fine tuning. You know, like this morning reading in Proverbs one. You know, I had never made that connection that the contrast between the fear of the Lord is, you know, mm -hmm. sort of the opposite or what's being contrasted there is despising uh, instruction. Um, so that wasn't like a life shattering uh, insight, but it was, yeah. it was definitely like, Oh, wow. I've never seen that before that, that um, we're thinking about what would it look like to fear the Lord? Well, it would be to embrace instruction. It would be to desire mm -hmm. it, to value it. Um, the opposite of despising it basically. Well, Hey man, I know yeah. we're coming up on an hour. Um, like I said, we could go and maybe we'll yeah. do a, another show later this year where, where we dive into a similar topic or maybe just pick this one back up and, and go to the next, um, iteration. But, uh, I hope people benefit from this, this conversation on the importance of going deep in God's word 
and hopefully they come away with some some practical ways to begin doing that. So I really appreciate you being with me today, John, and, and sharing. Yeah, great being with you, brother. So excited for you all um, to be on this journey, walking with the Lord and hearing his voice that brings clarity and brings confidence as you labor out in the harvest. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, we'll do it again soon, John. Thanks. Yeah, great being with you, Andrew.